0: I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother, Episode 29, Youth. Hi everyone, this is Andrea Hope, a Baha'i, a mom, a poet, among many other things, and this is my podcast, To Mother, where I share my reflections and insights about parenting with purpose in the modern world. So I share some quotes from the Baha'i writings that inspire me, some practical tips and resources, and sometimes my poetry. Today, I'm really excited and nervous (laughs) because it is actually the anniversary of my great grandmother's birthday. I wouldn't say it's her birthday, but then it sounds like she's still alive. So the anniversary, I guess, of her birthday, Uh, my great grandmother taught me the Baha'i faith. Her name is Virginia Hope Nicholas Jones. We were very, very close and in connection with her birthday, uh, it just, all turned out really well that I am launching a Kickstarter campaign for my children's book, Excuse Me Teacher, which is a children's book to celebrate super teachers. So I have always uh, considered teachers to be the unsung heroes of the past, present, and future. Teaching is so essential. And my great-grandmother was a teacher. She was a math and science professor, and she just Her and my grandfather upheld education so strongly. So I'm sure all of us have had great teachers in our lives. And I'm really excited to be sharing this campaign on her birthday. So if you go to Kickstarter and you look up, excuse me, teacher... You will see uh, information about the book and a preview and all that great stuff. And of course, I'll also leave it in the show notes, which will be on to mother.buzzsprout.com or anywhere you're listening to this podcast. If you can look at the notes for the show, I'll include a link to the Kickstarter campaign. So, yeah, that's what's happening personally for me. It's really exciting. It's also, like, nerve-wracking because how Kickstarter works, if you don't get fully funded, then you don't get funded at all. So it is something that I need to focus on for the next month and really try to spread the word, which is, I think, difficult for every creative person to... Uh, have to promote themselves or to raise money for something but I really wanted this book to be hardcover and I wanted it to be something that would be really beautiful to give as a gift and I love love the Brazilian artist that I'm working with so I'm excited about it but I'm also a little bit nervous <laughs> about the whole campaign and everything so you know it means so much to me if you would share the campaign tell people about it I'm sure everyone knows someone who was a great teacher that they'd like to honor or highlight um, there's some different rewards where you can send your teacher a gift box or you can get an illustration done of you and your favorite teacher. So there's some fun stuff there. But to get now into the episode, today we're talking about youth. We're continuing this series where we talk about the stages of parenting. I wanted to say teens maybe more than youth because youth can kind of spread all the way up until around 30, I would say. But I wanted to focus more on the youth that are in your household or that are just leaving to go to college, so more kind of the older teen age. So that's really what I'll be thinking about more when I say youth, just to make it clear. And in terms of reading the writings, there's this quote that has been featured in a song, uh, probably several songs, and different organizations, Baha'i gatherings have used it. And it says, youth can move the world. So I really like this quote youth can move the world, and I was thinking a lot of Baha'is know it, but do we know where it came from? So what I wanted to share today is where this quote, youth can move the world, came from in terms of the Baha'i writings. And it was actually from a letter from the Universal House of Justice, the governing body of the Baha'i faith, that was written many years ago. So it's from the Universal House of Justice on the 3rd of January, 1984. So it's, <laughs> it's lasted that long, since before I was born actually. I'll read the first three paragraphs of that letter to the Baha'i Youth of the World. Dear Baha'i Friends, the designation of 1985 by the United Nations as International Youth Year opens new vistas for the activities in which the young members of our community are engaged. The hope of the United Nations in thus focusing on youth is to encourage their conscious participation in the affairs of the world through their involvement in international development and such other undertakings and relationships as may aid the realization of their aspirations for a world without war. These expectations reinforce the immediate, vast opportunities begging our attention. To visualize, however imperfectly, the challenges that engage us now, we have only to reflect in the light of our sacred writings upon the confluence of favorable circumstances brought about by the accelerated unfolding of the divine plan over nearly five decades, by the untold potencies of the spiritual drama being played out in Iran, and by the creative energy stimulated by awareness of the approaching end of the 20th century." Undoubtedly, it is within your power to contribute significantly to shaping the societies of the coming century. Youth can move the world. How apt, indeed, how exciting, that so pretentious an occasion should be presented to you, the young, eager followers of the blessed beauty, to enlarge the scope of your endeavors in precisely that arena of action in which you strive to conscientiously to distinguish yourselves. For in the theme proposed by the United Nations, participation, development, peace, can be perceived an affirmation that the goals pursued by you as Baha'is are at heart the very projects of the frenetic searchings of your despairing contemporaries. So, concept of how participation, development, and peace are things that are so close to the heart of the Baha'i faith, universal participation, working towards peace, the individual and society responsibility towards developing and progressing towards the future, and that youth really are in a very special time period in their lives where they are mature enough to handle and understand and contribute to change, but they haven't gotten so far in their lives usually where they have a lot of responsibilities. So some of the qualities that characterize this period is the freedom of movement and the energy. So youth tend to have a lot more energy, be more open-minded, be searching for answers, and then they tend to have more freedom of movement because, you know, very practical stuff. They don't have kids yet, they don't have a mortgage, or, you know, they might not even have any bills at all until they get to university. I didn't have any until my huge college loan because I went to university in the United States um, that I'm still paying off. But yeah, usually in this time period, it's before um, you have these responsibilities, which are wonderful things to have later on in life. But this time period is really a time where I know I use personally to travel and to get to know myself better and to take advantage of that time period where I could just meet people and serve in different places and just have wonderful opportunities to get to know more about the world. And so I know traveling isn't something that most people can do right now, but even online to attend conferences or listen to talks and things like that from other countries, I think this is an age where we can really challenge well, maybe the way that I grew up isn't altogether the way that I want to live my life, or there's other ways of looking at things, not just personally, but government, finance jobs there's like different ways to look at all of these things that you can really understand and explore and have the freedom to explore as a youth, so love this age period, this time period in, in life, and we want to take full advantage of it and I wanted to say that um, since that time, obviously there have been other letters and other other movements that have been dedicated to the youth youth conferences were called. in 2013, at first 95, which later I think turned into 114. And so that was a special period. And I wanted to highlight that because on the website of Baha'i.org, if you go to Baha'i.org slash action slash youth and scroll to the bottom of the page, they actually have some excerpts from the materials of the youth conferences. So this would be something that's great if your child wasn't old enough yet, or it's something that you want to revisit. You can view some of the materials on this page. Um, There's like some blue boxes above pictures where you can actually read through some of the paragraphs and see some of the questions. And I think that's something great to look over and see what kind of things are encouraged for the period of youth and and to really ask the questions of your youth and do the materials, you know, maybe all at once, or maybe you could do it weekly or however you want to divide it up, or maybe they could do it with their friends over Zoom or something like that. Um, So some of the questions, for example, are what are the positive or negative forces operating in environments in which youth interact? and what ways might these spaces influence young people? And I'll do another one about um, contributing to the advancement of society. How can youth, upon whom so much of the work of building a new world relies, effectively support each other in order to attain progress in all the various areas of their lives? So those are just some of the questions that go along with the paragraphs and insights and quotes. And I think these are great questions to ask youth and to let them express themselves and their ideas and hopefully to do that with other youth as well. So my living the life tip for this week, my experience with youth is through teaching and community processes and being a youth myself not too long ago. uh, I'm 33 now, so it wasn't that long ago that I was considering myself a youth. So my tip for this time period is to raise your concerns, not your condemnation. So what does that mean? Um, That means that something that has still happened, though I think it has gotten better in a lot of communities and places that I've talked to, but I've talked to youth in Poland um, who have a Persian background, American background, a lot of youth who will still say that in this age period they feel a lot of pressure from their parents to study a certain thing, to go to a certain school, to do a certain thing, which is really limiting for them. And my feeling is that, I hope this doesn't sound too harsh, but if you haven't given your youth the tools that they need to make good decisions or what you consider are wise or thoughtful decisions by the time they're a teenager, it's too late to do it in the way that you've been doing it before. And that's just like my honest, frank, loving opinion. If they haven't listened to you or you haven't taken the steps to help them make thoughtful, responsible decisions by the time they're 15, 16, 17, 18, you telling them what decision to make or trying to encourage or condemn different decisions isn't going to change their mind. Like that's just the reality of how it is as a youth you feel like you're old enough to make your own decision and how I felt as a youth as well so I think it not to say that you should give up if during that age you really feel like they're making a decision that's negative or that's going to negatively impact them but I think in that case you would need to bring in a counselor or bring in some other kind of approach that's different than what you're doing before so for me I think ideally you want to use those years up to your child is the youth to help cultivate an environment and to help be an example and teach the lessons that you feel like make them a strong person to make their own decisions. And the majority of what I've experienced or heard about is not someone having a child that is making negative life choices. They're just choices that are different than what the parent wants, which I think we need to distinguish. Is this something that's just different than what I would want for my kid? Or is this something that shows that they lack the virtues that I've been trying to teach them? And so that's what I'm talking about. So your child wants to be a comedian instead of a doctor, or your child doesn't want to go university; they want to travel for a year. These are not negative decisions in life because life—you never know what happens. They could be a doc, become a doctor, and that could end negatively for them as well. Or you know, for me, these are not negative decisions. They're just maybe different than what you are thinking, and what's important is how they deal with these decisions and what their intentions are in making these decisions, or they want to go to a community college and you want them to go to this university that you went to, is their life going to be greatly impacted by going to a community college first and then going to university or going to this university versus that university? I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure that these are major issues as parents can make them. And so this is why I think, If a child is going through a track where they're making a decision that you're not sure if that's going to be the best decision for them or you have fear or hesitation around it, to raise your concerns about it rather than your condemnation, what you don't like, or your disapproval so i'll give a good example because i'm not saying that i'm just going to be comfortable if my kids do anything and i won't feel at all any kind of oh well i'm not sure about that field or this or that i definitely will have those emotions so use an example that's close to home for me like video games i don't play video games i'm not interested in video games there's a lot of violence and distraction. I know that there are some good qualities to them, but it's something that is a challenge for me to think about like my kids getting really into video games. So say my child's gonna come to me when they're a teenager ready to go to university and says, I wanna be a professional gamer. That's gonna be a challenge for me (laughs) as a mom if my daughter and my son want to be a professional gamer. But instead of going towards that disapproval, oh, I don't really think gaming is the best way that you can serve. You have so many other great qualities and capacities and I don't think this is the best for you and it's going to rot your mind and they're so violent and stuff like that. That would be leading with my disapproval and my desire to censor them or uh, condemn them. What I would lead with is thinking about what are my concerns in my child going into this field and can we talk about the concerns? Because that gives an opportunity for me to put trust in my child that they've been thoughtful about this decision and if they haven't, give them an opportunity to think it through without telling them what to do. So I know that my child wants to be a video gamer. My concern is that video games are very violent. So if my child has grown up as a Baha'i or grown up in a community where I feel like they value peace, I would say, This is my concern, you know, you want to be a gamer, and I've noticed that there's a lot of violence in video games. Have you thought about how you're going to balance your principles of peace or nonviolence or whatever principles that they have come to love with being in the video game world, which seems to be very violent? That's a question. That's a concern that we can talk about and that we can explore. And then my child might say, oh, but I'm going to do video games that are educational. Or my child could say, oh, I haven't really thought about it. Or they could say, oh, but it's just pretend. And then we could have a conversation about, whether doing something that's pretend is going to affect real lives and the science behind that and everything like that. But then that's opening a conversation instead of a, how could you do this? I'm so disappointed in you, which I hope you can really understand the difference between what I'm saying to phrase your concerns as questions, as conversation pieces, rather than, no, this isn't okay, or how could you even think to do this? So yeah, that's definitely my tip is to raise your concerns with your child, not your condemnation. And please feel free to give me feedback about how this process was for you as a youth, what your interactions, if you have youth, have been like around these decisions. And my email is info at so you can always contact me there. And my resource for this week is going to be the song that I had mentioned earlier. So, there is a song on one of the Badash albums called The Power, and it's by Kareem featuring Olinga and Yang. I hope I'm saying that last name right, but it has this quote Youth can move the world when in action. And I love the song, it's a great workout song, a great pump up song. I think it's a song that youth would really enjoy if they're into rap or pop music. And so you can look up, I'll put a link in the show notes, but that song's available on Bandcamp. It's available um, as a video on YouTube. And yeah, it's just a really cool song that has some great lyrics and that has like a nice funky beat. So that is my resource to, you know, listen to this song or see if your youth might like to listen to it or watch the video. And yeah, it's just a good upbeat, like I said, thing that you can listen to to get yourself pumped up in the morning, to get yourself through your run or your workout or anything like that. So that's my resource for this week and I hope that you will enjoy that. And then last, I want to say one of my poems. Man, it goes by fast. I mean, maybe it's been like 15 minutes or something, but for me, it's going by pretty fast. So did I do everything? Yeah, I gave my tip. I gave my quote from the writings. and nah, I gave my resource. Okay, so I'm going to be ending with a poem. And the only poem that was really appropriate for this is a poem I wrote about supporting your child's dreams, which has become quite popular. And I'm going to read that poem. When Your Daughter Tells You She Wants to Be an Astronaut by Andrea Hope When your daughter tells you she wants to be an astronaut, before there are names for jobs like that, you will never insist she get her head out of the clouds. There are plenty of women who are born to write cliches who will keep her grounded. You are not one of these women. When your daughter tells you she wants to be an astronaut, you will show her the constellations in her freckles hula hoop in Saturn's rings, you will tie her Tupperware helmets from merry-go-round simulations and trampoline launch pads, fill her sandbox with red clay. When your daughter tells you she wants to be an astronaut, she may never discover her way through the stratosphere nor leave frozen footprints on satellites, but she will forever know the stars in your eyes burning bright. To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator, that's me. For more information about the Baha'i Faith, including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit Baha'i.org.